G'day sports fans, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Sports by Fry podcast. A late Wednesday evening hump day edition of the Sports Be Pod coming at ya, featuring the great man J-Lo. He and I sat down once again on a Wednesday to talk plenty of things sports. A lot of footy stuff going on at the moment. We're gearing up for finals, the AFL fantasy finals have started. So J-Lo and I talked a little bit about our trade ideas and some players who I think we could target. Uh, his team's soaring at the moment compared to mine. So maybe you just want to listen to his advice and uh, ignore what comes out of my mouth. But we then dissected a little bit of stuff to do with the trending topics around the AFL. Talked about some draws, talked about uh, Kane Lambert retiring, talked about Collingwood's premiership legitimacy. And then the basketball world isn't full of headlines, but a big one was dropped this week regarding Kevin Durant being pursued by the Boston Celtics. And it got me thinking about a couple of other hypothetical trades that I would like to see. A lot of smaller fish involved in these deals, but I've tried to workshop a couple of win-win deals for both sides. So Jello and I talked through some of them, and he talked about which ones work, which ones don't, which ones we want to see come to fruition. And then end of the podcast with another big bumper Mount Rushmore. This one might be the coolest topic that we've drafted. So strap yourselves in, enjoy that, enjoy the podcast. Thanks once again for listening. It's every Sports by Fry fans favorite time of the week. It's hump day, it's Wednesday, it's time to sit down with JLo. How you doing as we near the end of July? Jacob? Mate, uh, I'm good. I'm just excited to be on the podcast. Uh, you know, hey, it's I'm a highlight of my week. Highlight of my week. To be honest, this is the first human contact I've had all week. <laughs> You've been really, isolating but... or something. <laughs> nah, nah. It's just a joke. Just a light joke to start off our Wednesday night. Uh, didn't, didn't hit, um, but we'll see if they keep rolling for the rest <laughs> of the podcast. Hey, as... Uh... Michael Jordan said, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Uh, I thought you might have been sitting inside all weekend, just consistently refreshing the AFL Fantasy app and just looking at your point total from uh, round 19. Uh, Shout out to the AFL Fantasy fans because I saw a lot of them over the weekend uh, through the course of our activities. But yeah, yeah, I don't really want to talk too much about my score and my team. So why don't you tell me about something good that happened? Tim Kelly got a 12 for me. Like <laughs> a Tim Kelly. Tim, that was no, ridiculous. Gone. I know. I wasn't watching the game at all, but I was like, I I don't. Can, did you see any of the game or anything? Like, can he was you... just being clamped by Marcus Windhager and like ah. put the hardest tag known to man on him. And TK was like, all right. Like, just seemed not disinterested. That's not the right word. But like, oh, I guess this is my day. Uh, to be fair, there was probably one or two handballs I thought he was robbed of. So he should have pushed up towards a 20-point total. But, yeah, no, he got shut down. Yeah, so other than that, though, obviously I had the C on Steely. I went with my gut, brought Steely in. Smart. It went really well. Um, and, yeah, I think, I don't know, did, did everyone not have a really good fantasy scoring week? Oh. Obviously you didn't. Yeah, most people. I mean, I got, well, like 2260-something. So, you know, like okay. if I had had that in round five, it would have been like, oh, fuck yeah, here we go. But, you know, mm. 
getting to the pointy end of the season, what you were 2,400 plus, right? Yeah. Something like that. Takes the uh, head to head ledger for the season to 13 and six, but I think I was up 10 to one at one point in the year. So you're storming home uh, to end the season. All right. So Billy Slater. TK sucked. Was there anyone else who was a dud? No, I think everyone else is pretty good, actually. Uh, let me just have a squeeze. Uh, You'd expect yeah, if they nah. go 2,400. I think um, <clears throat> Cogs and maybe Dacos were the lowest next two in the 80s. So, you know, pretty, pretty happy. Lots of that. big 100s. You know, brought in Tim Tarrant for 123. Roe Marshall was good, nearly 110. Both Rucks. Gorney, 130. You know, it's just a bit of that. Three one twenties, Took Miller, Merritt, Paddy Cripps. Yeah. Yeah. Just, the week prior time. going Dars Cameron to Maxi Gorn, you weren't shuffed with, but no. gained you about a hundred points this weekend. And I think going into the podcast, Dars Cameron is probably the most traded out player. I mean, had a 30, oh, didn't get yeah, a lot of he set of bounces. One, he? Yeah, he shat the bed. Uh luckily for me, I've got Sean Darcy in one of my other ruck spots. So I've got to try and decide between the two who to get rid of. But there's talk that Brody Grundy is going to be playing in the VFL and Mason Cox might not get up. If you were a Cameron owner, easier to say, obviously, now in hindsight. But do you reckon with that news filtering through, you give him another chance? He's going up against Port, who don't exactly have a recognized Ruckman playing. So he's going to break even in the 130s. Gorney had a fucking 70 against Port, though. So. Man, I'm. Oh, look! If you've got nothing else to do, get rid of him. Hmm. But and because you could probably still get to Gorney for not much, or or someone around the mark for for not much. Um, but if you've got other things to do, maybe I would give him one more week. I mean, that would be roughly how I'd play it. Luckily, I don't have to anymore. Yeah, um, you're out of that boat. Good luck. Good luck to you. You still have him. I do, yeah. So yeah. just having a look, if you go up to uh, Roe Marshall, cost you about 20K. Gorney, about 40. Tim English is still a little bit dearer, so you need to have about 80K to pull that move off. But Cameron's been scoring pretty well prior to that. Like he's gone 107, 87, 83, 111 off his buy. So, and then obviously the 34 on the weekend. So there's no Ruckman with him. I don't hate the idea of holding on to him, but personally, I think, like I said, break even at 136. He's up to 730-odd K, so he's going to start losing a lot of value if he's not given the axe now, uh, which I think is what I will do as well. But yeah. I'm going to, uh, at this stage, my early trade plans are to axe him out, get rid of him, and I can – he's currently sitting in my forward line as well, so I can just push through another week of Sean Darcy uh, and turn – Cameron into Jai Cully, who I think is going to play pretty heavy midfield minutes to close the year. Looked pretty good as well in that game, obviously, yeah. while yep. Tim was being uh, clamped. And that gives me enough cash to turn uh, my other pesky rookie and Jacob Ware all the way up to Timothy Stewart, who is primed for a big end to the fantasy season. Uh, where do you rank Stewart as a potential trade target this week? Yeah, you're you've been hot on him, on him all week. Uh, mm-hmm. He did didn't play on the weekend, did he? He's been. This is his first game back after that um, suspension for giving good old Dan Prestia the 
Right. Well, I don't hate it. Um, I'd be more inclined to bring in an Aaron Hall. Yeah, or, save uh, yourself about hundred grand plus. Yeah, there's there's just a few options. Like if you don't have, oh, you might have. You've got Sicily, so I mean, like I got Himmelberg back there, still cheaper. Mm. But look, Tommy Stewart is a, is great. I think he will be one of the top scorers in the back line from here on out. Uh, if break even is one twenty something. Yeah, that's something. another factor. One twenty seven off the dome. So you look, I, you know, he's a sort of bloke who might get it, but I, yeah, I'd be more inclined to bring in a mid or a forward if you've if you got the option. Um, yeah. But that's just me. That's just me, uh, and I'm often wrong in the fantasy world. <laughs> yeah. Well, the last uh, six weeks, I should be taking your advice. You've been right. A uh, couple of yeah. Just stop listening to you. Yeah, well, there you go. Shout out. If you found out the key, Sports by Fry fans, is just listen to yep. me, take it all in, and then do something completely different. <laughs> yeah. Um, couple of other, because Tommy Stewart is a, I would classify him as a unique trade target or a left of field one. There's a couple of coaches who've brought him in, but there's a couple of other names at the start of the week that I ran through as well. One of them is Sam Berry, mid forward. He's laid mm. 31 tackles in the last two weeks. So you're like, well, surely he's not going to keep that up. But he's playing a lot of midfield minutes. He seems to – it doesn't look like he's going to lose his spot to uh, Matty Crouch. So he's no. found a home in that engine room for Adelaide, 717 grand. So you actually turn uh, Dust Cameron to him. You make yourself some money. What do you reckon of the yeah. Bear Meister? Uh, oh, he's pretty expensive now. It's a bit of a risky one, considering. Yeah, I mean, let, let, let's look who else is around his mark. Yeah, well, <clears throat> if you're really struggling, I guess you could. <laughs> I don't know. I'd be, I'd probably be looking for more safe options. Doesn't feel going right, on with Jared hey? Lyons? What's his deal? Yeah, that's a good question. He's just... Any, well, I think anyway, he's been uh, Hugh McCluggaged. Hugh McCluggage has just taken yeah. his, uh, all his marks and his kicks and his... Uh, stats really look i guess there's no one around that um that price range i i'd be if you sort around the seven mid sevens i reckon i'd be looking at warner if you want a unique if you want a unique and you're looking around that mid seven mark big chadlet warner i reckon might be the go personally and i I actually did think about him long and hard for tim kelly swap Ooh, he's in 4% of teams, uh, the Warner, so not many. Uh, I think that's gone up in the last week too, by the it way. It would have, I reckon. Um, yeah. Luke Davis Uniac is another one who I pointed out as a unique. Oh, yep. He's a little bit more expensive though. And yeah, it just does not feel right. You don't really want to bring too many rows into your team, especially the ones not named Aaron Hall. Um, last one, what do you reckon of Brady? When you can Pinch? go to McRae... When you could go to McRae for LDU's price. Is he in the that, same price bracket? LDU's worth more. You go <sighs> Baz Smith, Noz Anderson, eh? Brad Crouch, Sam Walsh, Keezy, Duncan. You know, it doesn't feel right. Yeah. LDU. I like the unique, but doesn't feel right. Sorry, move on. My bad. Um, no, I was going to go through one more in the uh, ruck department. It's Braden Pruce. His price at six fifty. Do it. You take out the 14-point game that he had 
Uh, the bloke has gone at an average of 99, which would probably be second behind Tim, I reckon. Maybe Max as well. But, you know, still offers shitloads of value after that injury-affected game. But interesting, he uh, has never played five games consecutive in his entire career. So wow. I think he's got like, what, 26, 28 games under his belt. He's never played five in a row. So that's kind of, if you bring him in this week, that's what you're backing him in to do. Because obviously he played last week. Okay. You'd hope yeah. he's not going to miss any time in the next month. So there's plenty of risk with that one as well. But fuck, the value is pretty tempting. I don't mind it, especially if you are looking to offload Dars Cameron or something. Mm. Save that Moolah. He's going to get, I, I feel pretty confident that Preecy's getting you to 90 every week at least. I agree. So, but is he scoring yet two to... or three or four nineties? Uh, That's the question. Yeah, well, that is the question. But he probably isn't. He's he's a bridge. He's a bridge to Gorn or English at this point. Mm. I feel like you're still aiming to get those two in in your so. rough spots by the end of the year. But if you're struggling to get there, and you need to offload someone, maybe I, I don't mind. Or you know what? He could just see out the year. He could. Why not? If he if, plays, I faith. If he gets five games, yeah. why not? Save your money and go elsewhere. You know, bring the in LDU. Be- difference between going, um, let's think about it. Dars Cameron up to Gorn or Dars Cameron down to Prusy is like pretty close to 200K. And mm. if you go on English route, it's probably like 250 plus. So Bloody it's oh. almost another like massive upgrade around the ground if you go that way. So yeah. yeah. Interesting. All right. So TK is gone for you. Who's, uh, Who's in the foreign line? Who are you bringing in? Uh, I think, should he be named and should his hammy be fined, it's Aaron Hall, yeah, okay. without a doubt. And that would be, I just swung, swung Dacos down or really any of those those blokes back there down to the midfield. Um, and then, honestly, it probably is the, the final rookie off the field next week. Probably. Yeah, the time's coming, right? Well, he's probably going to yeah, have watch him go 120 next week. Yeah. And then it's, then maybe it's Tommy Mitchell or something like I'm, I'm, I'm full. I'm done. I'm finished. Dacos is the last one standing. Should Hawley, you know, last Come Harry Himmelberg has been, yeah. Himmelberg has been great. Honestly, like the way he's been going crispy, maybe is in line to get knocked out. Like, I don't know. He's been terrible in the last few weeks, but yeah. I, I'm feeling good. I feel pretty good. So Dacos a, next next week, Hawley in. That makes sense. There's a few blokes who I'm like, mm, look, I kind of want to get rid of you, but I've just got bigger fish to fry. Like, I'm not going to get rid of someone like Brayshaw or McRae or even no. Sam Walsh unless he's injured, but I'm like, fuck, boys, I need you to get your like 110s plus, especially now at yeah. the pointy end of the season. Crispy falls into that boat as well, but He's probably pretty popular. He'll be in most coaches' teams, but yeah, um, yeah, Sicily, another one maybe. Depending on what your ruck situation is looking like, you can probably afford to like chop out Dars Cameron and go straight up to a big dog this week. Uh, last yep. fantasy question: If you didn't have Tim English or Max Gorn, which one do you reckon? Ooh, uh, probably Gorny, right? Yeah, I think so too, but I don't know why. Guts, gut says gone, but my heart says just back in Tim. He's back. He like had a really good game on the weekend. He's got a. He's not going to drop a seventy from here on out, but he probably yeah. Will. He's he did it. Not he's that got long an okay run, I guess. 
um, Timmy English. And what mm. did he do? Did he play Geelong? Oh, he only had a 95 against Geelong last time, who he's got next. Yeah. Whereas Gorney, Gorney, yeah, Gorney's probably got the better ruck run yeah, as well. Okay. So, I feel like Gorney's just dropped a lot more 70-point games, which gives me a little bit of pause. But, yeah, you know, if you're picking one of the dudes, it's probably gone after his, like, fantasy pedigree and what he's done in the last, like, three or four years, right? I would think so. I, I would feel a lot better about Gorney. Um, who else has he got? Yeah, I don't know. Um, especially after what he just did to Tim yep. English. Yep. So, yep. Fair call. Can't disagree. Save All right. Money. Hopefully, uh, I can get back to the winning ways next week. It'd be nice if my actual footy team could get back to winning ways next week as well. Big Friday night showdown for the Dockers against mm. the D's. Uh, coming off the first draw of the AFL season. Yeah, Usually get one a, a year. Oh, doesn't that feels like years ago. It that does feels hey. like it was months ago. Oh my God. I can't believe that was Friday night. Holy it wasn't God. even a week ago, mate. It was like five nights oh, ago. Oh God. Okay. Um, so obviously, like I said, first draw of the season, there always seems to be one that bobs up every year. Some years you get a couple and I don't know why, but it always feels like they're late. Like the last five or six mm. weeks of the season, it always feels like that's when you get, your one yep. draw. Um, how do you sit with draws in the AFL? Because obviously they abolished it in finals and added extra time. And the whole premise of coming back to play next week in a grand final. I'm glad that we got to see that happen in our lifetime. Because when you think about it, you're like, that is just fucking ludicrous. But good uh, for money, though. Would have oh, made the huge AFL tons for money. of money. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But in actual like regular season, or home and away season, as it's traditionally called. Where do you uh, stand? Should the AFL have draws in footy? I'm okay with it. I've yeah. got to admit, uh, I'm okay with it. Adds to the drama. It's it's such a small. It rarely ever happens. It's exactly. so rare. So it's like saying it's like seeing a blue moon. I don't know if that's a thing you can actually see, but um, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Yep. It's like seeing a blue moon, and I, I think there's something special about it. So I'm all for the draw, especially because it's going to add a whole lot of intrigue to your boys' top four chances and the Tigers' top eight chances, you know, yeah. like coming down the line and you can always point back and be like, that fucking draw, man. If he hadn't played on, the Tigers might have made it or, you know. So I'm cool with the draw, um, but I think as long as it's not in the granny or, or finals anymore. That's yeah, my I like on it. I like the extra time premise that they've got in finals because yeah, you can't replay a final or have a draw, especially like not a grandie. It would just throw the whole fixtures out of whack, obviously. But yeah, I've gone through the whole emotional roller coaster regarding draws. I thought right at the end of the night on Friday, I was like, nah, shit. Even though Fremantle weren't looking like the better team, we should have played five more minutes and decided a winner. Then I kind of went to the oh. No, nah, I'm glad we got the the two points. But then I was mm. like, you know, you look at the ladder ramifications, et cetera. I think you're right. It does just add a little bit of extra drama. And it is pretty rare. Uh, Blue Moons might be rare. might be as rare as a, a Nat Fife straight set shot on goal. I reckon that's about as rare as a Blue Moon. Oh, those are fighting <laughs> words, man. Yeah. Uh, I'm nervous about the Dockers going into this Friday night clash against the Ds. So, obviously, they only got the two points. Uh, who are you backing? Do you reckon that Frio can get the job done on their home deck? Or this Melbourne is, yeah, I was start say, to gear up? Home deck, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, at Optus. 
Ooh, that is tough. I reckon you boys might get them. I think you boys coming off that pretty, that was a tough game against Richmond. Yeah, it was. Like, you, I actually don't think you boys could have asked for a better game. And you're lucky to come away with two points um, minus that first quarter. You played really well. But, yeah, I think that's going to prime you. Melbourne us are not hot right now. Um, nah, they're a bit alone. The doggies place. sort of just cut them to pieces. I watched uh, Matty Lloyd do a really nice breakdown on their sort of woes during the earlier in the week. Um, and they're just not willing to do the hard things right now. So you boys coming off a super tough match, going up against a team who really like is just not doing the right things across the ground at the moment. I, I, I would be tipping you boys if I was a tipping man. That's what I'd tell you. Even without Fifey. I'm glad. Yep. I think uh, that's the, that's what I needed to hear to reinforce what I was uh, thinking, but you know me, Dockers fans are always uh, glass half empty pessimists. So Mm. I think I'm just hoping, actually, no, I'd be lying if I said, I'm just hoping it's a good game. It should be a good game and it's shaping up to be one, but I think the home factor is big. And especially, I don't know if I saw the same Lordo thing, but I saw a similar vibe thing where they were talking about, Melbourne struggles at the moment and what they were doing in the first 10 rounds compared to now with regards to defense and giving up these stats to certain opponents, et cetera. So there are some not alarm bells ringing for the days, but I reckon over the next month or so, we'll know whether they're going to be genuine contenders or like where they fall in the ranks. You know what I mean? I also just don't think the days were as good as everyone thought they were. I think that got overstated. Yeah, possibly. To be honest, they had that, phenomenal run into the grand final and didn't they didn't lose you know a final or whatever and well, they then, missed the finals the year before as well right yeah and like not that oh. you know anyway let's not go too deep into it but oh i don't know if they missed it the year before or if it was the year before but i'll go i just don't i just don't think they're quite as good as everyone thinks they played really well as a unit for 15 to 20 weeks mm-hmm. in a over two AFL seasons, but I, I think it got a bit overstated. And now we're sort of seeing probably a, a truer representation of who Melbourne really are, to be honest. And also I think the the comp is flatter than it has ever been as well, except for West Coast and North Melbourne. As in, it's like, there's not much, not much variance between the best team and the worst team. You mean? Yeah. Yep. We've been saying yep. like along those lines that it's, been you know the gap's been closing probably since like the well the start of the richmond dynasty you know like they've managed yep. to squeeze in a couple of flags but since then you think about how many different teams have played in the grand final and how many other teams have finished in the top four you've had your mainstays and a couple of characters who've been around the mark but yeah i think you're right i think that the talent level's pretty high and up there but there's also yeah any given sunday there's a, a team that could knock off another one with the exception maybe of the ruse yeah, nah, that's never happening. Oh, West Coast, like, not too far behind, mate, uh, in front, I should say. So, so. speaking of draws, uh, I've got the 2020 ladder up. Melbourne did miss the finals uh, by two right. points because Collingwood drew with the team right. and gave them two there points and they uh, overtook them on the ladder. There you go. Melbourne might have two flags. Who'd have thunk it? Uh, speaking of the Pies, nine wins on the trot now for uh, mm. Collingwood. Pretty elite. Their record in games decided by a single kick is 5-0. and 
Uh, they pushed their way into the top four after their uh, Jamie Elliott heroics that were displayed at the G on Saturday, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, so yeah, they're Sunday. sitting nestled in the top four tied with Melbourne and Brisbane on points. But I don't know if I fully believe in Collingwood. Like you look at some of the teams they've beat and how many close games they've played in. I can respect and appreciate the fact that they got over the hump in a lot of those close games, but you know, a goal or a point here or there might've seen them lose a couple of extra games. And I think put them in the latter spot that they probably deserve to be in like that six ish mark, but credit to them for what they've done so far. Do you reckon that the pies are a genuine flag chance? Oh, I do. Yeah, I think so. Cause they, are just getting it done. I think what Craig McRae's done is phenomenal. Unreal, I, hey, first year coach. Oh, bloody oath, mate. Like, unreal. If Do we do coach of the year in the AFL? Pretty sure they do, yeah. Yeah, well, he, he's getting it. Um, I think they are. I think they've got problems. Uh, their ruck division solid. I like what Dust Cameron has been doing. If Grundy comes back, that... He's a dangerous forward, Dars Cameron. Mm. I think that's the one area that they probably lack a little bit of bite um, is the key, their key forwards as much as Brody Majacek's a, a solid player um, who does all the little things right. But I like what Dacos has brought to their back line slash midfield. I think Jack Crisp going in full times really helped them out. Having a healthy Taylor Adams. I, I don't think they're as bad as everyone thought they were last year. I don't yeah. think there is – I tend to agree. Maybe they're not quite – I don't think they're quite as good as Brisbane, Melbourne, you boys. Who else is up there? Geelong. Uh, oh, definitely not Geelong. But I think, like we said, it, it, any given Sunday, anyone can mm. win at this in the way the top eight's looking. Um, and we just saw that with the doggies in Melbourne. We'll probably see that with – well, we saw that with Melbourne and the Pies not that long ago. True. They got up over Melbourne. So, yep, I think they are a, a, a flag chance. Probably it comes down to makeup of the the top eight and yep. also the ordering. Like if there's a few teams, if they get lucky and get, uh, I don't know, like they might be able to pounce on you boys and then, you know, win, beat the Ds again and get into a granny and then anything can happen. I wouldn't tip them, but I think they're looking all right. Yeah, if they finish, you know, top four or let's say they finish, I don't know, second and they get to host the Ds or Lions oh. at the G and win a game, like, you know, you're only then one game away from a grand final. So they've got Port Adelaide, Melbourne, Sydney and Carlton to end the year. So, okay. you know, they haven't lost in bloody two months of footy, but I wouldn't be shocked if they dropped one or two of those games. Like I said, I yep. still think that they are like a tier two contender, if that makes sense, behind sure. your Geelong, probably Melbourne as well. Uh, Brizzy and Frio have their moments, the same with Sydney and some of those other cats. But yeah, can't knock them for uh, what they've done so far. The next month or so will be very interesting to watch. All right. Yes. Uh, one more, <laughs> one more uh, little footy tidbit, I reckon, and then we might talk a little bit of basketball. Uh, we saw Kane Lambert, retire earlier in the week mm. uh fabled richmond what would you call it utility i was gonna say forward but isn't really a forward bit of yeah. jack of all trades good old kano just a just a you know 
C-grade midfielder, you know, just the other midfielder. There's so many dudes around the club that have just been giving him like an outpouring for how like selfless he was and such a legit teammate and like played a pretty big role in their three flags. I think I saw a stat. It was something like the only player players to kick multiple goals in all three grand final wins is like him and Jack Rewalt for the Tigers. They yep. might. Oh, and Dusty. Sorry. I think Dusty was the other one, but um, let's play a little uh, Richmond retiree game. Cause I had a little bit of a okay. look at their list. There's a couple of old characters floating around. There's a bit of Deadwood as we're aware, but mm. I'm intrigued to see who's going to pull the pin next. Matty Parker said that he's going back to WA. He's effectively retired as well. Josh Caddy, he retired earlier in the season. So there's a couple of these Tigers who are, you know, not the core of their premiership team, but the bits and pieces are falling by the wayside. You know, Basha Hooley bowed out last year. We're getting towards the end of their, I think, premiership uh, window. Probably are at the end of their premiership window, but uh, there's a couple of characters I'm going to run through. You just need a yes or no answer as to if you reckon this will be their last year of footy. Okay. Shane Edwards, about to play game yes. 300. You reckon? Yes. yes. 33 years old. Just a yes or no, you asked me. <laughs> No, I think yeah. he's, I think he'll go. He's he's washed, but they're oh, not all yes. washed. Yeah, okay. I reckon yes. Uh, Marlon Pickett, thirty years old, played no. fifty games in his career. No contract runs out at the end of the season. No, he's playing great footy. Yeah, I kind of agree, but he might be one I've... that scored. Go on. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say that um, I've seen a few people saying like. He's going to finish in their top five B and F, mate. Yeah, I reckon he'll get another run at it. I'm just looking at the perspective of if, for whatever reason, he doesn't get offered a new deal, he's probably not bouncing to another club. So to restart his career at 30, he could, but I think, I think he he'll would. stay. He only just started his bloody career, mate. <laughs> Touche. Yeah, I don't I think, think he, he goes, though. Um, Dylan Grimes, current co-captain, 31. Probably not. Uh... No. Nah. 206 no. games, uh, his deal, I'm pretty sure he's got an extra year on his deal uh, to 2023, but I can't see him bowing out. Now we're starting no. to get to uh, some of the interesting ones. Jack Rewalt, 16 years in the AFL, 321 career games. No. I agree. He's playing pretty good. I reckon he's he's got another year, maybe two in him. See how okay, goes, one but, more. One more yeah, year. Uh, Trent Cotchett, 282 career games. He's 32. His body's been banged oh. up over the last like two, three years. Uh, he's more of a yes than Rewalt. I would, if I would, he's a maybe. Probably I depends on yes. his, probably depends on his fitness over the next four, four or five weeks plus finals. Good point. Yep. And see how finals go. I don't think Richmond has done as everyone thinks they are, but um, maybe Koch's. That's a. Th there's a lot of moving parts for Koch, and I would say they have to take care of Brisbane this week in Melbourne, for what it's worth, if they want to stand any chance to stay in the mix. Because you'd think Geelong take care of the Dogs, St Kilda. We kind of did the ladder predictor and realised that you know. It's going to come down to percentage potentially. So I don't have faith in the Saints getting the job done, but 
Uh, last one is Robbie Tarrant, who has another year on his deal, but he's 33, 189 games to his belt, under his belt. Is this his first year there, Tarrant? I want to say second. No, it might be his first year there. Well, if it's his first year, I think he'd go on. Um, but he, yeah, I would probably say he probably shouldn't. Yeah. Um, yeah, but maybe, maybe he'll kick on. I reckon he pulls the pin at the end of next year when his deal ends and they probably yeah. take a step backwards next year. Maybe not miss finals. They might still stay in the mix, but I don't think yeah. with a lot of those dudes we mentioned and a lot, you know, some does hinge on what happens with Dusty, but. And Baker, like, yeah, I don't reckon they're, as, they're not as done as they, people were making them out to be, but. I, I can see why people are thinking the dynasty is what, well, the dynasty's done, but I don't think that yeah. their window's closed. I don't know. All you need to do is do a Geelong or Sydney and just kind of retool on the fly and you can be right back in the mix. So send it up. All you need to do is watch Shea Bolton play a footy. Yeah, and a you point. think, hang on a minute, we've got a chance. So anyway. You think uh, AFL teams with Shea Bolton have a chance of winning a flag? Uh, NBA teams with... Kevin Durant and their roster probably have a pretty good chance of winning for a chip. Uh, he's only got two wins technically uh, in the game's biggest stage, but yeah. transitioning to basketball, there's a lot of uh, murmurings around his potential move to Boston. Now, I think the whole like Kevin Durant trade saga kind of comes down to like what you want to give up, right? Because Boston have built this like pretty tight knit core centered around Tatum and Brown and Marcus Smart as well. But if you're going to sacrifice probably too much of that to land Kevin Durant, who's probably like top five offensive player in the history of the game, like you want to have that dude on your roster, but how much do you want to like give up? I reckon is the real question. So just initial thoughts. What do you reckon KD to Boston? Do you love it? Do you hate it? Do you reckon it's a good fit? Should the Celtics seriously pursue it or just ignore it? I am just so exhausted. (laughs) Of the, about this, him and Kyrie, and is there is there anyone else on the market? I don't care. I'm just tired. I'm tired of these old boys oh, just floating around thinking the NBA is theirs. It shits me. It really shits me. Uh, it doesn't matter. I don't think wherever KD goes, it's not going to matter. I don't think he's winning another chip. He is like, he's turned. He used to be one of my favorite players when he was at. Uh, OKC. Remember yeah. that first big contract he signed? He's like, I'm not going anywhere. I'm not chasing rings. I'm not doing what LeBron... He was the anti-LeBron. He's become a bigger LeBron than LeBron. And I just am so tired of him. So if I was Brad Stevens, I would be going, absolutely not. Stay. We just made an NBA Finals yeah. with two of the two young stars. We got the next Kobe and we got, I don't know, the next LeBron whatever Jalen Brown is, Lamar Odom or something. I don't know. <laughs> Stay away. Go away. You got Batman I'm not and Robin. Interested. Yeah. Plus a really good supporting cast. Like for the, you would have to give up what Jalen Brown and. Well, apparently the rumored deal that they first threw at him was Jalen Brown, Derek White. There might've been another salary filler and a couple of picks. And then instantly. Brooklyn clap back with the same plus Marcus Smart 
plus more picks oh. than Boston were like, oh. yeah, no, we're good. No. Yeah, no way. No, just piss off. Piss off, KD. We're all sick of you. That's what I tell. That's that's where I'm at with it. I'm just so sick of him. I reckon, Fuck honestly, he probably won't get traded. I reckon he and Kyrie will end up back in Brooklyn. And I don't know. Like, he's, what's he going to do? He's, yeah, he's 34, going into like year 16 or 17. Like he, sitting out might be a great thing for his body, but is he really going to like sit out a year of his like late prime, arguably mm. like one of the last years of his prime to like stick it to Brooklyn? Probably not. Are they going to trade him for anything less than the mother load? Probably not. Is someone going to come and give it to him? Doesn't seem like it. So there are talks yeah. with New Orleans as well, apparently that there's some murmurings going on there that they're, trying to find the right package of deal and see if KD legitimately wants to live in NOLA. But yeah, I'm a little bit in the same boat with this whole saga. But like I said, he has a top five like offensive talent. So if you're in the window of being able to get this dude, I think it's like public knowledge that all of the 29 other teams have at least called and checked in, which is what you do, right? When a dude like this, if his magnitude yep. requests a trade, but it didn't like light it up against... Boston in the playoffs. Granted, there was a lot of other shit going on in the background and the whole Ben Simmons saga. I completely forgot the other day that Ben Simmons was on the nets. I was just opened up the trade machine to have a look at what a deal would work like. And I was like, oh yeah, I forgot about that motherfucker. He's just sitting in Brooklyn, hopefully working on his jump shot. But just I don't think it happens. I don't think it happens. Yeah, the the place I'd love to see him go is to go and help Dame out. But I couldn't cool. see how that deal would get done. So, yeah. Piss similarly, off. I want to see him go back to Washington, like where he's from. And be like, yeah, go win them a chip. Like, team up with Brad Beal. That'd be kind of something. Yeah, I mess with that. Yeah, yeah. yeah do a cool thing. Yeah, don't do, do a something lame thing. different. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, it may be over uh, a whole Kevin Durant trade saga, a potential landing spot for that big dog, but. I hope you're in the mood for a couple of hypothetical trades because I've been uh, putting the trade machine into overdrive. And I'll be honest, some of these I'm like, eh, that's not going to happen. But these are just five trades that I'm going to churn into an article, probably going out tomorrow. Just hypothetical ones that I'd like to see before the summer's out. And I've tried to make them as win-win as possible. And I haven't included any of like the mega stars around the league. But okay. a couple that I think could... Uh, both GMs should get on the phone and make this happen. Uh, first sure. one involves John Collins. Now, some will argue that him being paired with DeJounte Murray and Trey Young is going to be a good thing, and those dudes will make like a pseudo big three, but they've been trying to shop him all off-season. He's contracted for another like three years after this one, so I think it kind of makes sense for them to try and retool, rework this roster around those two dudes. They've got a couple of other young Wings as well, like DeAndre Hunter, I like that. Uh, and Yeke Okongwu, I think that's how you say mm-hmm. his name, like top 10 pick from not too long ago. So send John Collins back and we send him to the Charlotte Hornets because they need a bit of uh, scoring punch in the front court now that uh, Miles Bridges is out of action. So the deal I've conjured up is you go Collins straight to Charlotte, Kelly Oubre, PJ Washington. Nick Richards, who's just there to fill some salary and maybe a first rounder if they have to use that to push it through. Who says no? Atlanta, Charlotte, or do you reckon it works? 
So who would that leave Charlotte with? So Charlotte would then roll Lamello, Terry Rozier. Uh, they're pretty thin at the wings, but they've got, who'd they re-sign? One of the Martin twins. I forget which one's uh, in Charlotte. It's a good and question. Then, yeah. And then you got, um, you've got big, big dog Mason Plumley still on the books from memory. Mm. Uh, there's not a ton around outside of a couple of those other dudes, which is kind of why I was like, they probably need to get John Collins, but uh, the rest yeah, of the rest, I would... uh, Gordon Hayward, sorry, is still there. Forget he's a dude. Um, I would be a little bit hesitant if I was Charlotte, just because you're losing a bit of depth. Like PJ Washington's not bad. Ubre's had his moments. Mm-hmm. And John Collins does, uh, yeah. Is there a, was there a pick involved in that? Well, that's the the tricky thing is you're Atlanta and you're getting Kelly Oubre and PJ Washington plus this other random dude to fill the salary. Do you reckon that's enough, or do you reckon Charlotte has to? Th- they've got, I think, for what it's worth, like six second round picks over the next two years, including like three in the next coming draft. So they could just give a couple second rounders to maybe push it through, a couple of dart yeah. throws. Yeah. It's it's in the right ballpark mm-hmm. for probably for both teams. I wouldn't want to give too much away. I wouldn't want to give too many first rounders away if I was Charlotte in the near future. But if you could give a twenty twenty eight away, I don't know how far ahead you can do them, but maybe that maybe work. that works. Yeah. yeah, I don't mind that. Um, it's tricky though. I I would say. Kind of yes, but kind of no for both. So maybe it's yep. a good trait. I don't know. Yeah. I think that of the five I've done up, that was probably my least favorite. So I tried to find like equal worth. I didn't know if it was throwing a first round or two Atlanta or if the, mm. yeah, the players they were getting were enough. But yeah, I agree. I think it's around the mark. Uh, next one, probably not as uh, entertaining, but you're swapping Yucca Purtle. Been great for okay. the Spurs. Great, maybe not. He's been good for the Spurs. You want to really be try there. and tank. He might be their third best player after looking through their roster. Uh, wow. You send him back to Toronto. Reunion. They get another mm-hmm. center. Kind of helps them potentially charge towards a home court advantage. First round of the playoffs. Another year of Scotty Barnes. So on, so on. And mm. all the Raptors have to do is they give up Ken Birch and DJ Wilson just to make the salaries mesh. And then their first rounder. 2023 because clearly maybe even a future one but the reason i went with next year's first is if the spurs are one of the worst four teams and then maybe they i don't know let's say toronto gets picked 20 if they get the fifth pick and the 20th pick they might be able to package them together with Keldon johnson or something and move up if they really want to get this web and yanger bloke or there's someone mm. with a second pick that they really like i think scoot henderson I think that's his name is another like talented guard who's coming in this draft. Seems like there's some like prizes at the top of the draft pools. So, you know, getting a bit more draft capital to load up for a potential trade, uh, I reckon is the way that the Spurs should go. Yep. I don't mind it. I, uh, I feel like Toronto might be hesitant to pull the trigger on that, giving up a first rounder for Jakob Pertle. I don't mm. know. Is he, is he worth a first rounder on his own? Like, have you oversold Jakob there a little bit, maybe? Maybe, but he's ha- he's just like a really efficient, relatively cheap big man. And, I mean, they've got 
they got a couple like Chris Boucher. Um, I'm kind of blanking at some of the other dudes that played. Precious Achua. He's yeah. there. Um, who else have they got? Not much else really. I'm, I'm wondering Siakam, if they need obviously in the front court. Yeah, too. if they need the front court help, um, they're pretty much going a like for a like in Birch. Don't know. Pertle is probably better. I think if I was Toronto, I'd probably go. Oh, maybe tweak the deal a little bit, and I might pick up the phone. But um, yeah. just quick, quietly, there's no way anyone's giving up the number one pick this year. Yeah, you're up. No way. So if you don't get it, you're not getting it. I, well, I, say, I mean, unless it's for, uh, I don't know, Zion and Brandon, uh, CJ McCollum and two first rounders or something. Yeah. Part of the reason that I was thinking the Spurs would want to trade Pirtle as well is so that they can guarantee they're in that like bottom of the tanking race. I think they've already done that. Uh, for what it's worth. I think they might have. Yeah, for what it's worth, Pirtle had uh, 13 and 9 averages last year on 62% shooting, 30 games. Started mm. 67 of them. So, you know, if it wasn't the Spurs, would he be doing that as a question? But, yeah, he's. I feel like he could provide – maybe it's not the Raptors, but he could provide the right team with just a – it might be Charlotte, to be honest, with uh, just like a bit of a punch, another like good piece. Doesn't have to be like your third best player, but – he can be a calib- uh, starting caliber center. Yep. Yep. The Nuggets need a backup C. Oh, didn't they? Wasn't everyone dancing in the streets signing uh, DeAndre Jordan? <sighs> not, any, not anyone who knows basketball, mate. <laughs> Boucher. Uh, all right. Next one I've got for you involves uh, a Utah Jazz player. Uh, this bloke can be traded whenever. Could happen today. Could happen tomorrow. Uh, it involves Mike Conley, who's had you know, up and down years with the Utah Jazz. And now that they're cleaning house, I think he still could provide some worth. Originally, I had him going to Orlando, providing them with a bit of a like, you know, veteran presence, but it doesn't exactly mesh with their timeline. And Mm. it was a bit clunky trying to find the right trade. So instead, I've sent him to the Washington Wizards. And all you have to do is you give up Ruri Hachimura, uh, potentially a couple of second rounders, put Taj Gibson in and when he's trade eligible, Will Barton, because Will Barton will provide you with some buckets. It's fine. But you know, you got Brad Beal. You probably don't need Will Barton taking away from Beal's production and Conley could provide him just with a savvy veteran point guard who can, you know, dictate traffic a bit. He's probably getting to the end of his career as well. and might be a bit not washed, but washed. But what do you reckon? Mike Conley to the wizards. When you first mentioned it, I thought, oh, I like that. But then you said Will Barton, and I remembered Monte Morris has just been traded there, Mm. who's probably looking at starting. I reckon Tim Conley loves him. I do like the fit next to Beal, but I, I, I would probably question at this stage in Conley's career, is he any better than Monte Morris? I... Maybe a smidge, but... Probably not a significant amount, yeah. Not enough. If, you know, you've got Monte Morris, who's still... Yeah, he's getting better, whereas Conley's going down. But I I would definitely do the deal if I was Washington. Um, giving up Will Barton seems... Uh, he, yeah, I guess his trade value is probably not very high right now. Mm. Um, but, you know, I think Will Barton could be good for them off the bench behind... 
um, old mate. What's his name? Brad Bill. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't mind that. It's definitely not like a real needle mover, though, is it? Nah, not really. It's two teams. Just you a know. Sav- savvy little trade. Savvy little trade. Don't mind it. Don't mind it. Big Mike Conley's done enough in the league to warrant maybe not like dictating where he goes, but, you know, having a bit of input, be like, hey, mate, we're going to get rid of you. We don't want you to play at Utah. Like, give us a couple of teams that you wouldn't mind going to. We'll call them. We're like, oh, these are the five teams we've called that are interesting. Yeah. Um, there's another one I had on the list. Go on. I was going to say two spots. Could he get to, could he get to the wolves and could he oh, get don't to know that? Could he get to new Orleans? I'd probably rather see him in, oh, in new Orleans. I think it would make, I, I, I just don't, I'm not sitting here, you know, with a, with rosters, but they, they would be two goodish fits in my mind anyway. So I think his contract is it's about 22 million a year, which is the tricky Ooh, thing. So, you big. know, it's probably like a three foot, like this deal I've done, you know, you'd probably have to find three middling pieces. And I don't think unless right. they're going to get like a young dude in return, I don't think uh, Utah's keen to take on too many lengthy contracts. If that makes sense. Yeah. Anyway, just a, uh, just a thought. Just- the other spot that I had him, well, not even potentially landing in, but I was thinking about was uh, the Dallas Mavericks playing mm. point guard for Luca. But I got a different Utah Jazz player who I think should uh, be the target of a trade for the Dallas Mavericks. Another guard. All right. Uh, okay. He just landed on the roster. So again, can't be traded for a little while. But what if we just say Pat Beverly for Dwight Powell and maybe give up some draft capital to get it done? But you put Pat Beverly in a Mavs uniform. And he really helps Luca and that team energy and defensively wise. Yes. I like that one. That's your yeah. best one. Yeah. That's good. Yep. I don't, let's not talk about it anymore. Cause I've, uh, I think I've got my, my favorite one that I've saved till last. And there okay. you might have to like unpack this one a bit more, but it's a one for one straight swap. None of this draft capital bullshit. We don't need any more picks good. in this. We match the salaries perfectly. Sacramento gets Duncan Robertson. And Miami gets Harrison Barnes. Oh, yeah. Duncan Robinson did have a great year last year. He's contracted no. for a few more years than has a Barnes. But if you get Barnes into Miami, he can probably help shoulder a bit of the load offensively. Robinson's more of like a catch and shoot dude. Barnes can probably create a bit more offensively. He can help, you know, the nights that Lowry and Butler are missing and just bat a little bit deeper. But also, Sacto gets a dude who can just excel being a spot-up-and-shoot guy. He can play. Like, if you go De'Aaron Fox, Malik Monk, Robinson, Sabonis, and I don't know, whoever their center is, Rashawn Holmes, it's like not a terrible lineup. All dudes can shoot. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't hate it. What do you yeah, That's a good one. I would say yes. I think um, you probably don't want Robinson back on the heat. Because they re-signed Victor, they've still got Tyler, so I would probably say move him on for someone who can play the four, gives a bit more, you know, depth and provides options. Uh, I really like that one, particularly like you say on the nights where Jimmy and or Kyle aren't playing, and Bam, you know, Bam misses stretches, so True. having that that bigger guy, six six eight, got championship pedigree. 
I don't mind that. And I think I think the Kings would take a younger shooter for sure. They did just trade for uh, Kevin Huerta, which is worth mentioning. But, yeah. you know, you, you can stockpile these dudes and, you know, let them kind of shoot it out and figure out which one they need. Uh, Harry Barnes on a one-year deal as well. So if it doesn't work or he takes a dip or he wants to chase a payday somewhere else or extend, at least then they, Miami, can kind of dictate how they handle that. Because I feel like if they don't deal him, he's just going to leave Sacramento. They're probably going to get nothing for him. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Let let Duncan Robinson just let him free. Yeah, free Duncan Robinson. Yeah. All right. No more hypothetical trades up the sleeves. Uh, so let's not beat around the bush any longer. Let's get to uh, arguably the highlight of everyone's week. Podcast is the highlight, but hidden deep in the end of the pod is your Mount Rushmore draft. Uh, I'm not here to talk about last week. Let's just say uh, there was a clear winner and it was not me. But I've was, come... I can't even remember what last week was. Last week was the chicanery with all the uh, players oh. playing less than 250 games, et cetera, et cetera. Right, yeah. Uh, shout out to Ryan Benson who clapped with his other four players who weren't uh, drafted in our Mount Rushmore. And I reckon his might have honestly beat mine. So Probably, yeah. yeah so, I go, I'm going to run to the other room and grab my my book. I forgot it. Sorry. A book? You just talk shit. Yeah. Oh, I've got it. Yeah, I've got it written down. All right. Now that you've got the book, uh, let's do it. I've been but, tossing yeah. up all day over who I'm going to take yeah. with the first pick because uh, tonight we're drafting the best NBA highlights ever. They might be like game-winning shots. They might be like, I don't know, a clutch steal that happened here or there. It might be a rebound. Who knows? But these plays individually uh, stand out amongst NBA folklore. And I think I've got about a top six, five or six, I think, but then I've got a list of about 15. So I'm going to be right. very interested to see where this list goes. Um, yeah. yeah. I think there's three that I can choose from right at the top of the, uh, the order. Um, and my heart wants to go with one and my head wants to go with another. And I think with my first pick, I can't go past Jordan's jump shot from the 1998 finals. Might be the most iconic photo in NBA history as well. Last mm. shot as a Chicago Bull, clinched the sixth championship. Uh, huge for his legacy as well, having that like epic photo hanging up. So yeah, I hum, hummed and hard and it was a tricky one, but I think I'm uh, I think I'm taking Jordan's jump shot number one. That's a that's a very nice pick. It was on my list. Actually, you could have got that with your next pick probably because that's that was fourth for me. Yeah, okay. But these are all very subjective. Um, I'm going to go with my number one pick. Um, it's I think like probably the greatest bit of like NBA commentary ever. Uh, I think um, to go along with this, just like it's the best. I think it's the best player of the last. Decade at least, and it's the LeBlanc. Two decades, um, yeah, two decades, I reckon. Yeah, maybe even more, mate. Like it might be the number one highlight ever, even being honest. It might yeah. be. So it was on my books. In my books, it is. So I'm going to take the LeBlanc, and I know that'll 
that'll hurt you deeply. Well, I'll be honest. I expected that to go in the first couple. Uh, yeah, I I don't know why, but maybe it's the anti uh, goat argument in me. I was like, no, nah, I got to take a Jordan highlight first. But fair enough. You know, what? You, that's okay. You can have the little the LeBron block. Pretty iconic. Uh, I'm going similar era now uh, with my second pick. Oh, yeah. There's two that I'm tossing up between. Uh, Okay. Both of which are pretty iconic game winners, I would say. But I think with the third overall pick, and again, I, I feel like I can't lose. And I feel like whoever gets the other one, if even if it's me later, you're going to be stoked. But I'm going with Kawhi Leonard's game-winning shot Ooh, in yeah. 2019. Because yeah. that that might be like the craziest basket ever scored. And the, similar with the commentators that, oh, 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 nuts. Yeah. yeah. It's hard to beat that. Uh, Series-clinching shot as well. Not just like, oh, we won game four of the East. One game seven. Well, series clinching and won them a chip. Yeah. They went on like, to then. That doesn't go in. They don't win a chip. Yeah. And history is rewritten. So the entire yeah. league history is different. So, yeah, Kawhi's shot for me will be my second pick. I think um, you were talking about your, your fit, like the, the Michael shot being the greatest photo. I think that Kawhi sitting down, like Embiid looking in from the side, the oh, rest of yeah. the crowd. I think that's the greatest NBA photo ever, for real. Like yeah, I seriously cool. believe that. Like I so badly want a T-shirt with that on it. Like <laughs> I was just thinking so, that as you were saying, and I was like, oh, I might. Yeah, I'm shirt. <clears throat> I will own that one day. Um, mate, if if that's not the best NBA photo ever, this one might be my second pick. It's not a game winner. Although it might have been attached, sort of a technical game winner. I would have to go back and look. I'm going probably the most iconic ankle breaker in NBA history. Oh, I'm going AI stepping over Ty Lue. Yeah, like, like that. That photo is so sick um, from one of the most iconic players ever. Uh, that highlight will never stop being played in the yeah. history of basketball. That will go on forever. So I'm taking AI over Lou and the step over. That might be the best or the most iconic crossover in like basketball history. Like flop, you know, there's, there's another some AI that, one, but there's somewhere sure. you get dropped, right? Or like dudes will hit the, but you know, the context of it all, I think he had, he might not have had 50 46. in that finals game, but yeah, I was going to say he had like something pretty absurd. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, that was also on my list. Uh, and as I've kind of, you know, jostling a couple of these picks outside the top four. I feel very similar with the Kawhi one. You know, I can't lose. They're all great. We're only drafting eight of them. So there's going to be another mm. 15 that are left off that some people could make the uh, case for. But Kawhi Leonard shot changed the course of history. The one that I was tossing up, taking instead of the Kawhi Leonard shot, I'm going to draft now. A uh, couple of years prior, in similar circumstances, not a series clincher, but this dude misses this bucket and the Spurs win another championship and the rest of the league has changed forever. 
So I'm going with Ray Allen's three-pointer in game six of the 2013 finals, which might be one of my favorite shots ever as like a basketball fan. I remember sitting with Jidek and Barnes watching that shot. You lucky man. Yeah, really. I know. Shout out to the Mr. Energy there. himself. So yeah, I'm taking uh, Jesus Shuttleworth's jump shot, game six, 2013. I like that one. Was also on my list. But I tell you what, <clears throat> you could have picked those up much later. Allen and Kawhi I w- were seven and eight for me. Wow. Which is, it's so interesting how different our lists are. Our ordering is, yeah. So it gets a little bit tricky now. I feel like I need a Michael Jordan highlight. Mm-hmm. I don't have one. Well, I'll let you know. See- there's two more on my list and I'm going to take the one that you don't take. Wow. Okay. So look, there's, there's like, you could do a list of MJ highlights. We might. And they would, we fucking might. <laughs> maybe we will. And they might all sort of be potentially on this list, but I, th- I feel like there is no, in, you know what? I might have the two best photos ever because I'm taking and this, I don't know if this is cheating, but I'm taking Michael Jordan free throw line dunk. Oh, okay. All-star game. I know it's all-star game, but it's an NBA highlight. Yeah, I, you I know sort what? Of thought, I will allow it. I don't hate it. I, I thought that was cheeky, but tell me there isn't a more iconic photo than that one, mate. Like, I had anyway, so I'm taking that the free throw. on my wall. So, yeah, that, oh, that the might be the one. most iconic one. Yeah, so I need a Jordan, and I'm taking the free throw line dunk because okay. that that's what I think of when I think of Michael Jordan. Thinking of uh, some of those all-star highlights, I did have like a bit of a look, and as I was curating my list, I saw uh, Vince's elbow hang and that whole mm. dunk contest. I was like, there's some pretty iconic ones there. Uh, yeah. Oh, I did say I was going to take one of two Jordan highlights. So the fact that yeah. you haven't taken either of them does put me in a uh, an interesting spot. But I don't know. This probably doesn't get as much modern day love as it did when it happened. Um, and if you watch it in slow-mo from the baseline and the way that he hangs, pauses, switches, and then like goes up strong with the left. I think Jordan's layup from the 92 finals game one from memory against the Lakers, that might have been the best like physical play, you know, like actual layup contorting, contorting his body right up there. He did it like 30 years before Jar Morant thought it was cool to do it. So hmm. I have uh, humming hard over a couple of other picks and there's a lot of honorable mentions that we'll get to soon, but, I think if I'm rounding out the list, started it with a Jordan play, bookending it with a Jordan play, pretty content that that's the one I that's, want. Yeah, that's pretty pretty solid uh, way to finish it and start it out. Michael Jordan. Um, yeah. That was on my list. It wasn't – I don't have another Jordan one on my list. So what's your other Jordan one? Just quite just out of the, curiosity. The shot, the one that he hits okay. over Craig Elo. Yeah, that wasn't even on my list, if I'm being honest. Um, yeah, okay. Oh, I went extensive research after getting pants last week. So I've got a, I've got a deep oh, list here. Oh, I, I just, I saw it and thought about it. Just didn't qualify didn't for register. Mine. Yeah. No, I've probably got 
maybe there's there's six extra outside of the eight. So anyway, um, all right, I get to choose my this is my fifth pick. So or my fifth ranked one. There so you go. I've actually which, done really So which well. was the one from your top four that I took? The last shot. Yeah, that was my fourth. So actually, I'm doing pretty well. And this is this one is for all the all the kids born in the nineties. And you know what? Anyone who who remembers what it was like to have YouTube buffer. <laughs> yeah, okay. This is a classic OG YouTube highlight. And look, the video was a couple of minutes long. You'll remember the song that was playing on this YouTube highlight mix. In fact, we probably can't talk about this guy anymore. But it's I'm going with T Max game winner. And with that, sort of the 13 points in 33 seconds. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I'll take the game winning shot from that. But if I'd sort of think of that as one highlight kind of thing. Yeah. I had a couple of those because I had Reggie Miller's. Uh, eight points I would have allowed seconds. That. Yeah. Yep. I had. Um, would have let that fly. Yeah. Well, look, I'm not going to disallow it because I agree. It's a good pick. And you're right. Even though it unfolded over a seven-minute YouTube video and like <laughs> I don't know, forty seconds of game time, yeah. it kind of does feel like one play, right? So. Oh, definitely. It's like yeah, don't hate one it. of the one of the greatest. Things Scoring that have happened segments. in the NBA. Yeah, yeah it moments. So um, I'll take, if I need to, I'll take the game winner, but otherwise I'll take the 13 points in 33 seconds. So uh, we'll, uh, we'll just have to, I'll find the graphic of the game winner and then we'll. Uh, or if him doing the cheer, that's yeah. also iconic. Yeah. That is pretty People amazing. know what it is. Yeah. Yeah. If they know what it, yeah, yeah. I get what you're saying. A um, couple yeah. of other honorable mentions. Both of Damian Lillard's uh, series-winning shots. I yeah, Don't... I had the waves goodbye night. That was technically ninth, but I thought, oh, if I wanted a mix, I wanted yeah. not all Jordan. I wanted some crossovers and shots. And in fact, I don't think I got a game winner in the end. Oh, T Mac. Yeah, uh, Derek Fisher's game winner, the point four seconds one, was also on my list. Not probably yeah. draftable, but. Uh, the dunk that I honestly thought about including was Blake Griffin's dunk on Kendrick Perkins. Like the first yep. big one he threw down. And like the Clippers commentator. Oh, no, that was oh, the second me, one. Oh, my. He did oh, Mozgov. He did the Mozgov one first. Well, yeah, probably yeah. the Mozgov one then, to be honest. Yeah, no, I, I had the Perkins one. That is massive. That is massive. Yep. Um, AI step over. We got Kyrie's shot in game seven. Yeah. Sure. Uh, Robert yeah. Horry hit a couple game winners. Kobe's buzzer beater against the Suns. That might be my favorite game winner of all time. I don't know why, but just when I was buffering watching YouTube videos, that like half hezzy move, dribble to the elbow, pull up, and then the. Yep. Yep. That holds a uh, special place in my heart. Um, Larry Bird's steal that then led to Dennis Johnson's game winning layup. Could maybe give that mention. <laughs> Yeah. I'll tell yeah. you what, though, this is the one that, and if you're listening to this and you've made it this far, A, thank you, but B, go and Google this highlight because this is, I wasn't going to draft it and I might honestly repost it on Sportsbeat. I bet I know what you're going to say. Go, go on. on. Oh, no, you say it. 
It's uh, I'll just... it's the game winner from 1984 by oh, Jeff God. Malone for, oh. for the Bullets, where it's like Is that, he chases yeah, behind down the, the full court yeah. pass, jumps inbounds, and just jacks it up pretty much over the backboard. Like when you watch that whole play, you're like, right. There was a game winning, like over the backboard buzzer beater. And you're like, that might be the fucking craziest shot I've ever seen. That is unreal. And that was probably yeah, when. Not, not what you were thinking. No, that's sorry. That wasn't. That was probably when like three pointers had just come in. I literally read a blurb. So they were down by five points and a dude hit his third three of the game, which set at the time, I think it was an NBA record in 1984. Okay. for like wow. nearly the most threes made in a game. Fucking hell. Okay. But well, yeah, I've Jeff, got a few. Jeff Malone from the uh, the Washington Bullets. Bullets. I don't know. You Google Jeff yeah, Malone game winner. I've got a few that you haven't mentioned that I've got to. I thought you were going to say, because this is seriously one of the craziest game winners I've ever seen. Dwayne Wade's game winner where he stole the ball. Oh, the runner. Yep. Like it was literally the other team's chance to win the game. Dwayne Wade steals the ball. And wins the fucking wins the game. game. Like, and then jumps. He's got the L heat. He jumps up on the thing. Like, the celebration afterwards, awesome. So that was up there. For me, the one I didn't draft that was ranked for me was Shaq from Kobe. Oh, yeah. The I did look at a couple of those like, players. Yeah, when he's running back down the court. Like, I, I wanted a Kobe one, but I couldn't, couldn't find space for it. But the Shaq from Kobe was definitely up there. Another Shaq one. Just Shaq breaking the backboard. <laughs> it's a pretty good one. Like, that's an all-time NBA highlight. Uh, AI on Michael Jordan. Yep. Uh, the iconic crossover. You did the MJ hand switch. And the last one, I can't believe you didn't bring this up. Uh, the whole play that led to LeBron dunking on Jason Terry was oh, phenomenal. That's a bad one, yeah. And actually, in that vein, the one that happened just, I think it was last year, when Blake Griffin does behind the back and, like, the Nets, oh, like, yeah, don't dribble it and Kevin Dur- to yeah. the, yeah, like, no dribbles. I was Off like, I don't know if I've ever seen a better pure basketball play than that. So, anyway. That was pretty good. Those are my honorables. I did have, as well, Magic Johnson's junior skyhook. That was, oh, like, yeah. iconic for different reasons, but. Yeah, look, yeah. we could probably sit here for the rest of the night and talk highlights. Like you said, we could probably do individual player ones and draft a hell of a highlights package. But yeah, yeah, I'm up six four on the season, but I reckon this uh, this might be one of the tightest drafts that we've got. This will definitely be a tight one, and it really is. First, first of all, it's personal preference, mm. and like what people think is more like if people are just MJ fans, you've got it. If people are LeBron over MJ fans, I've probably got it for the LeBlanc. But I tried to keep it pretty. I tried to keep mine nice and balanced, all different players. Um, How good are these photos going to look, though? Oh, fuck yeah. I just went through. I I had my draft board. I was like, no matter where picks go, I'm just going to stick with my draft board. Uh, So, Mm. yeah, not not unhappy that I did. I'm unhappy that you get Kawhi squatting down on your photo. That's yeah, that's so cool. That hey, is we might cool. you know what we'll do is I'll get these like we'll do the Mount Rushmore highlights and I'll turn that into a graphic to throw on a t shirt. 
Oh, that would be a good fucking teacher. Actually, that would be, uh, it's probably illegal. Probably the NBA would copyright you or something. Probably. Doing series of three or four highlights together, that would be awesome. New business idea. No one listens to the podcast and steal it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well played. Good draft. Uh, Good luck to the Quisplorkin boys in round 20. Yep. Thank you. uh, Same to the large fries. Hopefully Tom Stewart fires for me, but if not, I think I might join you on the Hawley train if he's looking healthy. Choo-choo. All right. Cheers for listening, Sportsby fans. We'll uh, do it again next week. Thanks for joining, J-Lo. Thanks, guys. 